This is Forks and Fangs, a Twilight discussion podcast, and it goes a little something like, like this, like this, like this, like this, like this. Welcome to episode five of Forks and Fangs. I'm Christy, Megan, Hillary, Ramya, and we have two new hosts with us this week, Alyssa, Hello. <laughs> and her friend Kat. Hi. We might also have a couple new hosts in the next coming weeks. Um, Josh and my friend Allie could be joining us. Let's get right into it. Hillary, what's been going on in the news? <laughs> well, the website Busted Daily has footage and pictures of the Twilight Wrap Party after filming ended. Cinematical has an official Twilight widget where you can send an e-card to friends. Byofthetwilight.com has a love letter project going on right now and they need your help. Their goal is to get all of the Twilight fans to send a love letter to a character or actor in the Twilight movie and hopefully reach a thousand love letters. Go help them out by sending a love letter. <laughs> Finally, this is some news relating to our podcast. We told you a couple weeks ago that my friends from the band Just Plain Sexy are going to write us an intro song for our podcast because they're really great musicians. They've already written the song and they're just about done recording. They've They've recorded the vocals and guitar, and they need to record the drums and some keyboard to go along with it, so we could be having the debut of our podcast song on the next episode, and we are going to interview them for the show, and that will be included in the next episode as well. Now we're going to go on to our character analysis segment for this week, and as we told you last week, our character is Edward. Who wants to start out by talking about his personality? We're speechless. Well, should we, we start by would. mentioning our little spiel? Cat and I, part of the reason I invited Cat is because she is a fellow Jacob lover, so pretty much everything we like about the book centers around Jacob and we're not so fond of Edward. So I would have to think of him as a very controlling, overreactive, manipulative. Manipulative. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's true that he loves her, and that's fine, but love can only take you so far, and if you overreact or take love to a new level where you can smother the other person or make them completely codependent on you, I don't think that's a very healthy relationship. That's one way to look at it. (laughs) 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 Well, if I was to throw everything back at you, um, controlling, I would just say, yes, he was a little, but it kind of shows his way of showing love. That's how he knows how to show love to her. Like, at the end, he allows her to at least be with other people. Like, he he understands that he's being really controlling. But to a certain extent, that's how he shows his love to her. Yeah, I think he's more controlling after he comes back from Volterra. Because he's afraid to lose her now, again. And um, one of the things we were going to discuss is his tragic flaw. Stephanie Meyer said on his website that his tragic flaw is overreaction. So I think that makes sense that, that he was overprotective, and I do kind of think it's sweet in a way that, that he wants to protect her so much, like that he loves her so much to be that overprotective, but it would be pretty annoying for Bella. But she doesn't even realize it because she's too infatuated with him because of who he is. No, she realizes it when she gives him that phone call, like, angry grizzly bears are going to see then, a change next as he's there, she's just his soft little puppy again. It reminds me of an abusive relationship where the girl on some level can recognize that there are some things about the relationship that are obviously horrible for her health, but mm-hmm. she's not going to be able to do anything to leave it. Well, he fixes it later on, though. I think that's a sign of a good person, if, if he can fix his mistakes. But he goes 
too far the other way by letting her just be with Jacob whenever she wants to and like kiss him and stuff. Well, okay, she didn't want to kiss him. What else about his personality? What is unique about him? He's so hard to describe, isn't he? Very. See, I think the reason that I am not infatuated with him is that he is too close to perfection to ever be real in our world. That's true. So, well, Stephanie Meyer has said that herself. Mm-hmm. That's why he's so admirable. See, because but perfection gets boring. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to be with someone like Edward. It's just like my personality. Bella's the kind of girl who kind of let him take control of things, and I'm more of like a more independent person, and I couldn't do that. Like, I wouldn't want someone telling me who I could hang out with. And No, that um, wouldn't work for me. But we said before at that at the end he's less controlling. That's he's true. letting her... Go out whatever way he wants. But only because he pushes her to extremes in the first place. He always pushes things to extremes, and then he spends the rest of time trying to make up for the mistakes he's caused in that extreme moment. Well, that's his personality. Which means he's He's not perfect, then, if he makes mistakes, right? Oh, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So, but for the most part, I think, as a person, he's cool, calm, and collected all the time, and he comes off as very mysterious. But that's more because he is a vampire. But that's also part of his personality, that he is a vampire. Right. I agree. Well, that's one good thing, is that he's lived for 90 years, so he's learned the responsibility and maturity that most 17-year-old yeah. guys do not do have. And won't yeah. ever have. <laughs> 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 Maybe that's why he's so perfect, too, being around for 110 years. What are your favorite aspects about him? Even you, Jacob, learned. No. <laughs> Well, I do like his ability to love unconditionally because that's one thing we learned, I actually learned in my psychology class my senior year at high school. And, you know, one of the problems with society is that people usually love on certain terms. So, you know, if you find out someone's doing something you don't approve of, you're going to think less of them or you may not love them as much. Whereas he loves unconditionally just as people probably should because then the world might actually be a better place and you don't, won't have issues with self-esteem or anything like that because that's where that strives from is the conditioned love. So I do like that he loves unconditionally. I definitely agree because a lot of people now think that, you know, when they're dating or something, they never look into like, okay, I'm going to love you forever. It's just, okay, we're dating now. They never really take that first step or anything. And he just jumps in and just says, I'm going to love you forever. And he he knows that he will. Whereas other people like nowadays um, just see that they never see marriage or anything like that before that's something that can be admirable about him it's because of the time period he grew up in. yes well and also his age though because (laughs) he he knows what he he hasn't found someone who he can love yet until he he meets bella and i think it's kind of the opposite situation for bella though because she's only a teenager in high school and yeah teenagers in high school when you date you you're dating to have fun you don't really Mm -hmm. expect to marry them because how can you know after only 17 18 years of life that that's exactly what you want, which is something he points out to Bella. She hasn't lived long enough to know what's going to matter to her later on. So right. Edward does have that perspective in that. At least they're willing to trust that love enough to True. make it that strong. Because a lot of people now, they don't, they just don't trust it enough to actually move on for like further. People who've known each other and dating each other for like seven years still don't take that first step. And just one little simple fight like breaks them. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Edward and Bella have gone through so many things but they're still together. Mm -hmm. I think that's another good point, that he's really trusting, 
because once Bella explains her view to him that that Jacob's no no more dangerous than Edward is, and he eases up, he trusts her that she's not lying to him, that Jacob really won't hurt her if she says that he won't, and he trusts that she won't go and, I don't know, (laughs) betray him. One good thing about, I like about Edward is just his little cute ways of trying to be human, um, like taking her to prom and trying to be her date, which I thought was really cute, and him trying to somehow be that teenager that she, uh, teenage life that she does, that he doesn't want her to miss. Mm-hmm. What are his most annoying attributes? Go ahead. We already said <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You already said Well, something. one of the things, um, once Bella figures out in Twilight what he is, that he is a vampire, and, you know, he tried to hint at her that he might be more dangerous than she imagined, and then she figures it out. And then he keeps doing this thing where he won't show that side of her, which I can understand because he doesn't want to frighten her off. But um, at the same time, how can you know if you truly love someone if you haven't seen every aspect of their life? So it kind of bothered me that he kept trying to hide that at the beginning because I think she deserved to know every side of him, even the ones that most normal people would run screaming from, which obviously she doesn't, so they probably are meant to be together. Especially if she wants to turn into a vampire herself. She should know right. like, what it is. Right, she needs to know what it is, and I know he never wanted that path for her, but if he wants her to be able to make the choice that's healthiest or best for her, she has to be able to examine everything, like Jacob says later on. You have to see both sides of your choices. You, know, you have to see every choice you have, every positive and negative about each choice to be able to make the one best for you. Right. So you don't think he was open enough at the beginning about what it meant to be a vampire? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Because, you know, he he went into the whole 500,000 questions about Bella right at the beginning. Everything for a week was all about Bella. Yeah. And then when she tried to reverse it, he was so tentative and so beating around the bush. And I was like, just tell. You know, you've had right. 100, 100 years to live on this earth. You've seen all these things. At least start to show her that so she can see the depth of your character, mm-hmm. the depth of your person. And see that just because you are a vampire, that's not going to affect, you know, that's not going to put her in harm. At least not from him. Yeah. But at that point, that's Twilight, right? Like 150 (laughs) pages in. And I think it's sort of harmless to ask a human, like, even, it's harmless to ask even a vampire or some other creature. What's your favorite favorite food? What's your favorite color? She tries to reverse it. Because, you know, what else are you going to, she doesn't want to know his favorite. She wants to know. The mystery, the mystery that makes him so appealing. Right, but it's so much more dangerous for him, too, because, like, he doesn't know her at that point. He's trying to get to know her by getting to know her through these, like, little small things, mm-hmm. but he doesn't know if she's going to go, like, tell, everyone. tell the whole school, he's a vampire, or, like, I don't know, <laughs> that sounds kind of ridiculous, but what he doesn't re- know. What her reaction would be. Right, he might scare her off forever. What about my Edward fans? <laughs> Is there anything you find annoying? I mean, you're pretty much covered. Yeah, <laughs> all the bashing on Edward is <laughs> pretty much said. Okay, so we said, like, the overreacting, yes. being perfect, the Do you guys think that he's manipulative at all, though? No. See, because... Well, they, he admitted he's manipulative. They both did, actually, in the... But the I don't think people in the, in accept the that side of him, though. Well, he definitely said Like, it. everyone says he's so perfect, and they won't even look at I guess, why. Well, I yeah, look at it, I but I don't he, understand... I think Give he is example. a little bit, because I was looking for quotes before the episode today, I'm reading the chapter of Vote in New Moon, mm-hmm. and so they're taking a vote on whether Bella should become a vampire or not, and he was 
he was just like saying things that backed her into a corner sort of and and then she would want to fight him against it but not at the same time and then she said something like you cheat and (laughs) and he just kind of like smiled because he knew he would get his way yeah but like he knows he has 90 years of experience about like how people function and everything like that and it just seems like well and how their mind works yeah yeah but it's like when she's making all these big decisions and everything he knows like if he says the right thing then she'll she's like oh i love edward and everything like that but he knows the things to say like right i think bella can be manipulative of him also she is she's in that same chapter though Edward didn't want her to go somewhere um, because Charlie would be mad at her or something, and so he blocks the door, and then she walks over to the window like she's going to jump, and yeah. he's like, okay, okay, I'll drive you. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, and then she's talking to Charlie, and, and he says, well, stay away from Edward, and she says something like, fine, but I mean fine as in I'll move out. Uh-huh. So, I think we should move on to favorite quotes. One of my favorites is, your number was up the first time I met you. Another... I hear voices in my mind, and you're worried you're the freak? Hello, Tyler. This is Edward Cullen. I'm sorry if there's been some kind of miscommunication, but Bella's unavailable tonight. Edward's tones changed, and the threat in his voice was suddenly much more evident as he continued. To be perfectly honest, she'll be unavailable every night as far as anyone besides myself is concerned. No offense. And I'm sorry about your evening. He didn't sound sorry at all, and he snapped the phone shut, his huge smirk on his face. Love that quote. Yeah, that's one of the few times I do like it. Yeah, that's awesome. I would love to assert himself in that way. And then I hated how delusional Tyler was. Okay, the next one we have is, Bella, I've already expended a great deal of personal effort at this point to keep you alive. I'm not about to let you behind the wheel of a vehicle when you can't even walk straight. Besides, friends don't let friends drive drunk, he quoted with a chuckle. Drunk, I objected. You're intoxicated by my very presence. (laughs) Okay, another quote is, She, Jessica, wants to know if we're secretly dating, and she wants to know how you feel about me. Yikes, what should I say? Hmm, I suppose you could say yes to the first, and if you don't mind, it's easier than any other explanation. I don't mind. And as for her other question, well, I'll be listening to hear the answer to that myself. One of our listeners, Allie, who might be a host later on, one of her quotes that she likes was, So the lion fell in love with the lamb. What a stupid lamb. What a sick, masochistic lion. Okay, and the ever-famous, you are exactly my brand of heroin. You are the most important thing to me now. You're the most important thing to me ever. Your hair looks like a haystack, but I like it. (laughs) (laughs) If I could dream at all, it would be about you, and I'm not ashamed of it. (laughs) That one's one of my favorites. (laughs) Would it be childish of me to hide in your closet? And Allie commented on this. This is from New Moon when Charlie's about to come in her room and, and he says that. Would it be childish of me to hide in your closet? And she said she thought it was funny because he's not childish at all. At all. <laughs> he's like more grown up than any other guy Bella has ever met. So. You know I've stolen. I've lied. I've coveted. My virtue is all I have left. But what did you ever covet? You have everything. I coveted you. I had no right to want you, but I reached out and took you anyway. What if I'm not the superhero? What if I'm the bad guy? Girls always go for this. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. How can something so small be so annoying? Do you guys know what this is from? Because I don't. I have no no idea. See, no, no. That's I I thought it was. That's him talking about Alice. That's what I thought. Like Alice is so small. Yeah, that's not. So small be so annoying. But yeah, but it's still, it's it still an Edward quote. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> and the simple. 
I love you. <laughs> I thought that was good. It's yeah. the whole I love you. Yeah. Good job, Allie. See, the only thing sometimes when Edward speaks, though, I mean, the, the only, well, I mean, some of his quotes are really nice, but yeah, I prefer are. the ones where he's stuttering, because it finally shows that he can struggle with his thoughts. Like, everything else, some, to me, can sound like a really badly delivered line. Like, one of the ones I took from um, The Breaking Dawn, the news, the first chapter, it says, I love her more than anything in the world, more than my own life, and by some miracle, she loves me that way, too. And yeah. when I read that, I was just like, that's so rehearsed. And I know it's to Charlie, so everything has to be perfect, mm -hmm. but he talks like that 90% of the time, I think. to me, Well, to my ears, anyway. Well, uh, <laughs> I was just going to say that if he's being that straightforward, like like you said, it looks like it's something that's rehearsed. That's why he's so sure of himself. I think that's, that's how much it proves that like he knows what he's going to say, and he's really not doubtful of anything, really. So it kind of shows... How much he loves her again. Let's move on to theme songs. What do you guys think would be a good theme song for Edward? Well, I don't know if it's so much Edward as it is their relationship, but That's um, fine. the song Broken by Lifehouse from their latest album. But I was listening to it, and it was shortly after I'd been introduced to the series, and I just finished New Moon, and I was listening to it, and I just got taken away by how much related to it because it's about the sense of loss that you can feel with someone who's been so close and so important in your life and how it's almost impossible to start your life again and keep going on and so I think it describes their relationship perfectly in that they cannot live without each other now that they've met each other which kind of scares me but at the same time it'd be really nice to meet someone that you had that instantaneous you know need connection sort of thing. And then the favorite of yours. Um, well, I wrote it down here. Take Me There by Rascal Flatts. Have you guys heard it? There's a place in your home Nobody's been Take me there Things nobody knows Not even your friends Take me there Tell me about your mama reminds me of Edward in Twilight when he's asking her all these things that seem so trivial to her mm -hmm. um, in the cafeteria but he just is so intrigued by her he wants to know what's your favorite color what's your favorite this and, mm -hmm. and that matters to him. See and that makes me wonder because you know how in sometimes in like Full House there was an episode where they got couples <laughs> to go on that um, <laughs> game show where you have to try and see how much you know about your significant other um. and I sometimes wonder, because Edward would be able to answer everything about Bella, because he did question her that much, and he mm -hmm. knows everything about her. But then, you know, she doesn't know the little, I don't think she really knows all the minor details of his life, so I wonder how much she would be able to answer about him sometimes. Because, I mean, she knows his personality, but then they never did establish all the little things about him. And, like, they've never talked about what foods he liked when he was alive or anything like that, so they haven't talked really about what he well, was when he was alive. Same. All she knows is well, him, the vampire. That's true, when he was alive. But, <laughs> but she knows his favorite food, mountain lions. <laughs> and she knows so much more about him than anybody else does. That's true. Um, I mean, so maybe not scary. his family. His family will still be able to tell you the most about him, as with mm -hmm. anybody's family. But nobody else knows as much as she does about his life, him being a vampire, and how he lives. 
We have some listener suggestions also. Haley R. emailed in and suggested Head On Straight by Tonic because she says, quote, in the song he mentions that he can't live without her. He doesn't want her to be alone. He was scared when he almost lost her, and everything about it is amazing. Allie suggested Hero Heroine by Boys Like Girls. Baby, there's one turning around I got my hands in my pocket and my head in a cloud This is how I tell when I think about you ever heard of the song I Will Follow You Into the Dark by Death Cab for Cutie? Yeah, I like that one. I think that one kind of fits. Love of mine Someday you will die But I'll be close behind I'll follow you Into the dark No blinding light Or tunnels to gates of white Just our hands clasped so tight Waiting for the hint of a spark If heaven and hell decide That they both are satisfied And illuminate the nose on their vague That's a good one. Yeah. Well, what do you like about that song? It's that, like, it's he's saying that, like, when she dies or whatever, that he'll follow her right afterwards and he won't live without her like we have read before. It says... Love of mine, someday you will die, but I, I'll be close behind. I'll follow you into the dark. Mm-hmm. So that's his idea of his original plan was not to turn her into a vampire, and yeah. when she dies, he'll just follow behind. He says, if there's no one beside you when your soul embarks, then I'll follow you into the dark. And then, like, now it could be, like, even more, like, if I change you into a vampire, and he thinks, like, a little part of your mm-hmm. soul kind of dies, you know right. what I mean? Like, he'll still be there for he'll her. still be there in internal damnation. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I also think that the song Call Me Irresponsible by Michael Buble fits Edward's thoughts really well. Rainbow I'm inclined to pursue Call me irresponsible Yes, I'm unreliable Undeniably true But I'm irresponsibly mad for you So I think this song fits Edward's thoughts because he always says that he's irresponsible for loving Bella and coveting her like we talked about. You know, it's dangerous for him to be with her And so he thinks it's irresponsible of him to love her and put her in that type of dangerous situation. All right, let's move on to our main discussion, which is related to Edward. I wanted to analyze this week why girls love Edward, what makes him the perfect man, and what can other guys learn from him? Because I think they have a lot to learn. And I actually got this idea because I was on twilightguy.com. It's a really funny blog. If you haven't been there, you should go there and read it from the beginning. 
Caleb, the guy who runs the website, recently read chapter 13, the meadow scene in Twilight, and he said that he thinks the reason why girls love Edward so much is because Edward focuses all of his attention on Bella. He wants to know more about her all the time instead of talking about himself. Why do you guys think that girls love Edward? I think girls love Edward because he's a protector and he has, you know, all these powers which make him, like, there's no way that, you know. Idol. Yeah, he's just the ultimate mm-hmm. protector and I think girls are looking for some guy who will, you know, run in front of a car for them and, you know, be <laughs> there for very, them. He's very gentleman-like. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. And they, yeah, because he grew up in there, an older age There's line. not a whole lot of gentlemen like that nowadays. Right. Yeah. I like how he's so proper and how he, he speaks in a proper way. He's not like, yo, dude, let's hang. <laughs> 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 yo, Bella, let's hang tonight. You know? <laughs> I think like, like it's really annoying. It and does. It really does. <laughs> and I think it's also cool, and I think a lot of girls like him because he doesn't have to say, oh, let's go you know, see a movie or something. He's just fine sitting in a room talking to her, and that's yeah. good enough for him. Exactly. I think that's what uh-huh. girls are looking for. Mm-hmm. I know, I, I can't stand it when people get bored real easily because... You know, they always want to be on the go, and sometimes it's just nice to sit back and, and relax. And talk. Yeah. And and talk. Talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like when they just hang out in Bella's room or, or when, when they they're watching right the car. Right before Charlie comes right. home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they never do, like, outside activities. Mm-hmm. Only one they did was spend time yeah. with each other. Well, they do mm-hmm. do activities. They're just. Do you think they love him, though? I think maybe they don't. Well, could they love him if we were told he doesn't have a soul? Yeah. Going on the impression that he does have a soul. I don't think it matters. Actually, I don't know. To me, at all. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But if he doesn't have a soul, then if and when you ever died, you know, like, I think that's part of the point of, and when you lose a spouse, if you've been together a countless number of years, you know, and you look, the thing that gets you through that is the idea that you will see them again, that's if true. you believe in that way. So, granted, he's going to turn Bella immortal, so that won't really matter in the long run, so but if you n- didn't know that you might see him in an afterlife, you know, it might be risky to get... I think that's one of the reasons like she wants to be a vampire, is because their life expectancy is so much extended, and she can spend so much time with him, as opposed yeah. to if she went with Jacob, you know, <laughs> Jacob, you know, lives longer than a normal person, old. Ah, it's yeah, not the same. Well, another thing about... Edward that probably makes people like him, not just his personality, but the way that Stephanie Meyer describes him, just like his looks, he's supposed to be this perfect guy, like handsome and smart, smart and great. Well, he has the vampire beauty, definitely. Yes, so that's gotta be appealing. Besides being pale. (laughs) (laughs) He, obviously, he's never gonna age which is another crazy <laughs> aspect. You don't have to worry about the big deer belly or, so or, or losing <laughs> hair or anything like that, so that's another good thing. I think it's the whole idea of the untouchable or the unreachable and that, you know, no guy, at least no 17-year-old guy, is going to be that way, so, you know, it's the idea of having what you've always dreamed of mm-hmm. in the present day as opposed Perfect to having guy. to wait until you're, you're older and possibly find a mature adult. And I think another reason why people love Edward so much is because Edward wants Bella, and he makes it very clear. And he makes it clear to everybody. He makes it clear to Tyler, Tyler, (laughs) you know. And I think that's what girls are looking for, is they want a guy to say, you know, I like her a lot, or love her, or whatever, and I want everyone to know it, and And I will fight for her. She's mine. (laughs) And I think girls just want a guy to fight for them, so I think Edward has literally fought for her. 
personally for me, I like humor a lot, and I think Edward has that. Yeah. So. I think he knows the perfect time to lighten the mood with a joke, and he knows when it's not appropriate to tell a joke. Yeah, and he's not too serious. Right. He's not. And, you know, he says things that are funny and makes, makes Bella he's, laugh. He's and intense t- without being like, yeah. stiff bored. I agree. You know? He's stiff. intense when he has to be, and then he's more laid back when he has to be. And he's up If he wants to get around that bush, <laughs> like you were saying, yeah. he uses humor. Mm-hmm. Trying to get I mean, it up. just a, like one of the quotes we read about her being intoxicated, so she can't drive. Like <laughs> that just yeah. kind of lightened the mood after they had this intense kiss, and he like pushed her away. So I think the fact that he, like in the book Twilight, the fact that he what he is and what he has to do to survive, which is blood, and he never actually meant to harm Bella. You know what I mean? Like he, he has just, good intentions. Yeah, he always has good intentions. He never wants to hurt anyone. He never wants to hurt Bella. He's always trying. He's always self-sacrificing or like trying to like. I agree with you. I think he sacrifices so much for her. Like he puts her happiness and her well-being always first. That you know that's why he doesn't want to turn her into a vampire because he doesn't want her to you know be condemned like to he the is. life he and was. There's some more things I like about Edward that I wrote down. Along with the gentlemanly thing, he, like, does things like open the door for Bella that she doesn't have to ask for that are really nice, and he goes to check on her after she faints. When Edward went to go check on Bella after she almost fainted after the blood testing lab they did in the biology lab. <laughs> I like how he wants to know more about her. He makes her the center of his life, and he's not vain. I think another thing that girls like about him is that he's mysterious. You know, like, the girls in the book are always trying to, like, date him or whatever. Jessica was kind of jealous of Bella at first because she wanted to date him at one point and, like, nobody had ever dated Edward Cullen. He was sort of, like, off-limits to everybody. And then this new girl comes in and he wants to date her, of all people, you know. And, oh, I like his playful smirk. Guys need to learn how to smile more. (laughs) (laughs) That's what they can learn from Edward Cullen. I know. Every football, you know, every sports picture from school, they're just dead serious. They're like, serious. Why? Like pedophiles or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but that is one thing I like about Edward, is that I think he personifies all the best parts of the old-fashioned romance. The, you know, feeling pursued, feeling wanted... You know, all the little gentlemanly things like holding the door open or pulling back her chair or whatever it is, you know, every little thing. But then back then women, they liked that, but at the same time that was when they were still fighting for equality. And so he can do those things and give her that little extra, you know, courtesy, but at the same time he can see her as an equal and give her that which all women activists nowadays want. And then I think people like Edward because... Everybody's waiting for someone who's really special to think they're special too. And Edward is like so incredibly special and oh my gosh, no one's ever dated him before. And to have someone like that on this huge high pedestal, like look down and be like, you, I, I like you. <laughs> That's what it is. To be like, I like you and I think you're special and I think you're important. And, you know, just that, I think that's what everybody's kind of going off kinda of that. For. I think a lot of girls think that they have to go pretty and everything and they feel like they're not good enough for some people mm-hmm. and this is the perfect example of the perfection against just like 
humankind or like she's really not she's not illustrated as right. she's pretty average perfect and av- yeah she's just average and she doesn't consider herself beautiful but yeah edward she makes herself but she sees her that way she's been accepted by this idol so girls think it can be possible it's kind of like a cinderella thing yeah, yeah. like mm-hmm. it's like a dream come true it's like i've been chosen prince. yeah that i <laughs> i am the one we should wrap this up soon but He's very sweet and romantic, and I think guys need to be more romantic these days. (laughs) Like, well, this isn't a normal thing, but, like, how he promises to stay with her at night, um, like, to protect her when the... That can't be expected out of every guy, but still. Right, I think it'd be weird if, like, a guy stayed overnight (laughs) (laughs) on a normal basis, (laughs) but um, it's different with him, because, yeah, he's good. Well, it's nothing about what he does ever struck me as odd, and I guess it's partially because he is completely different from anybody else you're going to meet so he doesn't have to always conform to normal day standards. Yeah, he's an exception. And finally, he's just very caring. Like, the overprotective thing, it's, he has good intentions and it's out of his love for her that he does it, but we already said it was annoying. He's supportive of her decisions and, like, helps her deal with Charlie and, like, lets her know what Charlie's thinking in advance type thing. And... I think the number one reason that girls like Edward is because they can't have him. <laughs> yes. Like we already mentioned in the books that nobody but Bella had ever dated him, but in real life they can't have him either because he's a fictional character and we would all like him to be real. But like at Grey's Anatomy, Meredith, when Dr. McDreamy was like trying to get her to go out with him, she was like, no, because it's all about the chase. And I think that's a big part of it. I People, agree. I was just going to say that. People like the chase, like the excitement of wanting to flirt with someone, but they're not actually, like, looking for a real relationship. But I also think, uh, the thing that people like about Edward is he is chasing her, and guys nowadays, they don't really do that. Like, they might ask you, like, hey, do you want to go to a movie? But they don't, like, bring flowers to your door and make a real effort. Like, people back then, they had to be pursued. Guys wrote their intentions through letters to them. Guys don't write letters to girls anymore. They don't you know, do any of the, They want you until they have you. I feel sorry for the guys now. They need, it should There's be so harder. much expected out of them. Yeah, but it should be harder, like... <laughs> because of it. You know, we have never seen Edward write a love letter to Bella, and I, like, really want him to. Mm. But even, like, the simple be safe was so yeah, but cute. That's what I mean. Like, so. guys don't have to do that nowadays, and I think they should. I think we should all make I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I think we should, I think guys should, you know, step up, step up, and Josh, the host who may be in our next episode, writes, okay, so it looks like the only questions really asked were why girls like Edward, if guys could learn something, and if there are any major notes on Edward's character, right? Cool. Okay, first off, even if Edward isn't completely perfect in everyone's eyes, he comes pretty darn close to it in most respects. Let's list a few things that probably make him so appealing to the ladies. Number one, devilishly, or vampiristic, good looks, as stated from the many references made to him being like a statue cast from marble. A voice that has been described as smooth and like velvet, branching out from that, he is very articulate and doesn't fumble over his words, ever. Never stutters, doesn't have a funny accent, nothing. So he's pleasant to look at and to listen to. Number three, he listens more than he talks. Let's face it, girls like to talk a lot more than guys, but guys don't always listen. Not Edward. He asks questions about Bella and listens intently to whatever she is saying. He's genuinely infatuated with her. Nothing says I care quite like I'm listening. Number four, confidence. In his voice, the way he carries himself, his actions, everything in his persona reflects confidence. 
The only time he doesn't is when he's struggling to restrain himself from hurting Bella, but that's appealing for another reason. Number five, he's powerful. Super strength, super speed, perception of others' minds, plus a set of fangs and a fierce roar, Edward Cullen is not a guy to be messed with. Thanks to these attributes, he saves Bella numerous times. Point. The ladies know Edward is a guy who can protect them. I'm not saying weak guys never get the girl, but let's face it, girls are more interested in guys they can feel safe with. Six, selflessness. As mentioned before, Edward is genuinely infatuated with Bella, but it goes beyond interest. Edward cares for her more than anything else. First, that's what anyone wants in a relationship, a serious one at least. But Edward doesn't just say it, he shows it. He continues things with her while risking the rejection of his own family, and he risks life and limb to protect her. Though he's not exactly fragile, the idea is noble nonetheless. He even gives her the option, lets her know it's better for her not to get involved with him just because he doesn't want to put her in danger. And the fact that he is fighting everything that he naturally is as a vampire, with every fiber of his being just for her, I don't know how much it would impact his image, but I definitely think Edward becomes more appealing because of that struggle. The fact that he has a weakness, but that he is fighting it. 7. He is the perfect mix of savage beast and civilized being. <laughs> hard, to, hard to explain. Number 8. Going back to how he never stutters, the same goes for his romancing. He's not awkward, clumsy, nervous, etc. He's smooth, calm, cool, confident, and does all the right things, it seems, even though he has no experience. No one is that good, except Edward. <laughs> Number 9. He has never loved another. He has no one else on his mind, no ex or any ugly past. Number 10. Edward, the closest thing to a perfect being, who could have his choice of anyone, chooses Bella, an ordinary girl who doesn't seem too special even to herself. It's the whole nabbing someone way out of your league thing, except in this case it's like nabbing the best of the best. If Bella could snag Edward, who's to say something like that couldn't happen in reality? It's a girl's dream. Oh, and number 11, nice in-laws. He's got a great <laughs> He's got a great family, minus Rosaline, who also are willing to sacrifice themselves to protect her and to see her well-being, much better than the angry boyfriend's parents. There's probably a lot more reasons, but that would take a while to write. To answer the other questions quickly, yes, guys could learn a lot from Edward. Granted, you can't tell guys be like Edward Cullen, but there are definitely some mannerisms that guys could do better on. But it's unrealistic to expect guys to never stumble over their words or always make the right moves because, sadly for you girls, we're not vampires, <laughs> just humans. Forgive us for our flaws, teach us to be better. You can try to ask your guy to be more like Edward Cullen, it's probably not a bad idea, but be nice about it, maybe even trick him into reading it. Hint at qualities you like about him rather than saying, why can't you be like that? <laughs> and analysis on Edward's character? I kind of did that a bit, but I think any person, guy or girl, can relate to his inner struggle of fighting against something he doesn't want to be. I think everyone can find that same battle going on in themselves. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. really good. 100%. <laughs> Seriously. You pretty much hit the spot. Yeah. So I give Josh major props for being able to figure out all the reasons why we love Edward. Because <laughs> he pretty much hit all of them, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. He almost said, he said word for word exactly what we already said. Uh huh. Which is kind of freaky considering he's a guy. Yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> just very intuitive. Yes. Now we're going to move on to some emails. That was one we got from Josh, but uh, Megan's going to read the next email. Okay, this one's from Haley. 
When I heard you guys talking about your theories about the front cover of Breaking Dawn Men, I was going crazy. It was driving me mad because I think I know exactly what it means, and there are a couple times when you were so close to getting it. You mentioned leaving someone behind. Duh! Bella is leaving Jacob in the dust. She is in love with him, but chooses Edward because she loves him more. That's what I think the cover means. Twilight Free Kaylee R. And then we have another listener, Allie. And Allie writes, One theory I have is that the Volturi will come during the wedding or something like that. Or that somehow there will be some sort of vampire war based on the fact that in Eclipse the Volturi clearly weren't stopping the newborns on Victoria in a timely manner. And I think Jane or one of the Volturi might be the one who bites Bella. Meaning to kill her, of course, but Edwin or someone else stops them in time. Oh, and I have another theory. I really expected the wedding and Breaking Dawn to be farther into the book, like as maybe the climax, but the first chapter starts just a few days before the wedding. Anyway, I was thinking at work today and had a very sudden epiphany. What if Bella's kidnapped right before the wedding? <laughs> maybe Jacob was going to come to the wedding, but of course he's too worked up to pick phase back, and then he, on the spot, decides to kidnap Bella. I don't think Alice would really see this because it would be D- Jacob just deciding to watch, and then he might make his decision split second like from there. So then Edward might actually think that Bella left him at the altar. Basically, what Edward half wished that Bella would do to make her safe from him, and like I said, I think the Volturi would be will be involved. Maybe that's how Edward learns that she was kidnapped or something. I really haven't gotten pa- my head past that, but I was wondering what part Seth was going to play since he is now friends with Edward. Maybe another vampire werewolf alliance? That's awesome. Yeah, that's really, <laughs> that would be interesting. Jacob would not kidnap her. No, See, that's I don't why think so I have a problem with the wedding being at the beginning of the book, too, because I thought it would be a lot later on, but... I don't. I don't want it to be later on, like we already said. But so but it makes you think into like something's going to happen. I mean, I, yeah, it yeah. makes you think that something's going to happen. happen. Last oh. week we were talking about the covers for Twilight and New Moon and Eclipse, in addition to the Breaking Dawn cover, and we were trying to see if any of the other covers had any true connection to the book or deep meaning of something within the book to find out if you know the cover of Breaking Dawn was really important. We couldn't figure out what the cover for New Moon meant. But Allie, the author of um, The Last Email, directed us to the FAQs page on stephaniemeyer.com, and here's what Stephanie Meyer had to say about it. The question was, what kind of flower is that on the cover, and what does it mean? Answer, that is a ruffled tulip. As for the meaning, if you read the Twilight FAQ, you know that the apple cover had a lot of meaning for me, and I was an active part of the covering process. However, that experience is more the exception than the rule in the publishing world. Something to keep in mind if you intend to embark on a career as a writer. Lots of things you might expect to be under your control are not. Covers, for example, those are mostly up to the publisher and the marketing and sales departments. So I don't know what the tulip means. I didn't have anything to do with this one. I don't think that's the case for Breaking Dawn. The Eclipse, well, we know that the Twilight had to do um, with the book. Eclipse the ribbons. Allie said she thought that the ribbons and the fact that it was breaking apart was Bella had to choose between, between Edward or Jacob. Things. And so I really think Breaking Dawn, the cover, will have a lot to do with the book. So thanks for helping us out with that, Allie. And now we're going to wrap up this episode. Go check out our blog website at http forksandfangs.blogspot.com. We will post updates whenever we can. You can subscribe to our show there by clicking on the orange button on the side of the page. You can also subscribe through iTunes. Don't forget to enter your email address in the box on the right side of our website so that you can receive email notifications when new blog or episode is posted.
If you have any questions, comments, concerns, hopes, dreams, or aspirations, please email forksandfangs at gmail.com and we may mention your comment or answer your question on the show. You can also visit our MySpace page at www.myspace.com slash forksandfangs and you can also join our Facebook group entitled Forks and Fangs. Finally, you can follow us on Twitter. Thanks to all these community outlets are on our blog website. Help us get the word out about our podcast since it is still fairly new. Tell all your friends who are reading the Twilight Saga to subscribe. If your friends don't read Twilight, get them started on it and tell them they should subscribe to our show. Thanks again. It's been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun. Again, I'm Christy. <laughs> Megan. Hillary. Ramya. I'm Melissa. And Kat. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye. The cri- What's that freezing? What's that special freezing? Tonight? That special freezing they can do, you know, where you freeze the, the body. Cryogenic? Yeah, that. Cryogenic. <laughs>